where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. The reading from Matthew 24 is coming partially from the message and partially from the New Revised Standard Version of our scripture. But the exact day and hour, no one knows that. Not even heaven's angels, not even the sun. Only the Father knows. The arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah's. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. The Son of Man's arrival will be like that. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, one left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one left behind. So stay awake, alert. You have no idea what day your master will show up. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Not even the angels or Jesus himself knew when this day would come. Uncertainty is a condition of faithfulness. We're not expected to know everything. And I hope that comes to you as a relief. But we are expected to trust in the future without controlling or knowing the details of what is yet to come. We are asked in a life of faith to trust that the future is a good future. And trusting, I think, can be hard. I'm not sure what decade this happened for me, but I finally realized that trust is something that is earned, not just given freely. And I think we're wise to remember that. And I think even God understands that because if we look back at what God has already done and we really take note, we really use our watching and our alertness and our awakeness to notice what God has done, it can help instill confidence in what God will do. I mean, that's why they talked about Noah, right? Noah was mentioned because Noah is the one who, said, who God said to Noah, build this ark. Now, whether you take that story literally or not is really not the point. The point is, is that God is in communication with God's creation. And to be awake and alert and to prepare is to be able to notice and respond to the actions of God that are in our everyday life. And so one way to think about this is that we can wait in hope because we wait in memory. We remember these things. What are the stories of your life that help you to trust in hope? Consider the floods of your life. And here in Longmont, you have a very literal 
example of that. And if you look at that through the eyes and lens of faith, you will see that the Spirit was at work restoring homes and restoring lives, restoring a community in the face of devastation and unprecedented devastation. If not your life, what are the stories of faith that you turn to to reinforce your trust and to underscore your hope in what is to come? Today's passage from Matthew tells us that lives will suddenly and surprisingly be changed. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that while Scripture points to a sudden and surprising change at some future time, I'm not sure that's what we're being asked to prepare for or keep watch for. There's a lot of sudden changes in Scripture that I really don't think happened in an instant. Consider theories of evolution. Consider how you yourselves have matured over the years or are being invited still to a new maturity, a new place. Our part seems much more basic than trying to figure out or wait for that day that even the angels of heaven and Jesus don't know. But we can know the how. I mean, Scripture also teaches us that we're co-creators with God, right? So we might have a part in this. It's not our sole responsibility But this is where the relatedness and the partnership comes in. Remember the story of Noah had God giving the directions and Noah following them. So we're invited, I think, to see the glimpses and signs now of our God who abides. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate that Christ is with us still, that God is with us still. And we celebrate that God will come again and again and again, and maybe in one big event, I don't know. But that's not what I'm going to practice for. I want to return to the passage from Jeremiah that was shared earlier when the candle was coming in. And I want to remind you that these words were part of a letter that was to the exiles in Babylon. And these are the words that the letter the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles. I mean, some had already died. They had been in exile for a long time. And it wasn't just to the elders, but it was also to the priests, to the prophets, all the people who were taken into exile from Jerusalem. And this is what God said to them, to the ones who were likely longing for a place of home. For them, it was a return. For us, I'm not sure if we're returning, depending upon your theory of how this all started. But I am convinced that it is a moment of communion, a moment of oneness with God. And this is what God says while they're still in exile before this moment of oneness happens. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Create families of all kinds. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Grow where you are planted is another way of saying that. So I think if we look at the conditions of our world that beg for a new era, those things that tug at our hearts that we say, how long, O Lord, please release us. We have to recognize that the best criticism of the bad, the best criticism of the worst, is the practice of the better. 
And that's what we get to do in Advent. We get to practice the better, one little step at a time. So today, for instance, after the service, there will be a table set up again with cards that you can write to the detainees in Aurora. It's very clear what you can say. Writing that card is going to tell someone that you know they're there and you care about them. You are acknowledging their life. On Tuesday, you might want to come to the Micah Holmes Open House and continue the celebration of that new relationship that is still unfolding. The Hour Center holiday bags are pretty much taking over the entranceway. You are saying through that generosity that you care that others are fed. In preparation for volunteering at the Hour Center on Thanksgiving Day, we had a conversation at breakfast that morning. And I think it's because of that song, We Are Waiting For You, Knowing That You Always Abide, that I was led to ask a question, you know, let's talk about how we're going to approach our assignment in this meal, which was serving dessert and filling coffee cups. And so what I was led to in that question was a response of walking into the situation, walking up to each and every person with these words in my mind, the bubble cloud above my head or the words coming from my heart, the energy that I bring by saying, I care about you. And I have to tell you that it was so overwhelming that I had to change my sentence. Some of the other things that came up over breakfast was, um, you are cared about, uh, may peace be with you. And there was some wisdom in a little bit more distance than, I care about you. My heart was open so wide that I was led to tears. But I have to tell you uh, that it didn't end there. And I want to go back to Jeremiah before I finish that story, because Jeremiah's words, this full passage is one of the passages that my very being clung to when I was at the worst part in, in my life, the hardest part in my life. And so that's why I asked that question, what are the ones that you cling to? And I hope you'll share that with each other and with me. But I'm going to tell you the one that I clung to. You've already heard part of it. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. I know you hear my open heart and I'm okay. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me. And so it was on that day, on Thanksgiving, that I saw Christ. I know you're going to think this is a joke, but Christ had on a Broncos hat which is something considering their season right now. (laughs) Sort of like saying, you know, I'm still with you, even though it's not going so well. And there weren't many words exchanged. But my God, did I want to keep refilling that cup of coffee. The twinkle in the eyes and the smile with broken teeth drew me to a communion that was a gift, that was truly holy. I'm sure you have those moments yourself. If not, maybe this Advent is your Advent to seek, to look, 
to be awake, to ask, to knock, trusting that our God abides, even as we prepare for something else that is to come. You know, right before this passage, there's a lesson of the fig tree. And it says, you know, this is sort of the answer to when is this going to happen? It's one of the answers. There's about six of them. It says, as soon as its branches become tender and put forth leaves, you know that God is near at the very gates. So listen to this a little bit differently. As soon as there is compassion, tender branches, compassion, and leaves are put forth, growth, compassion is seen now as a primary development to growth, emotional and social maturity. You know that God is near at the very gates. Look for the one who is near. Allow your heart to be opened. Allow tenderness to become you. Maybe you'll experience that at the table this morning, where instead of plates overflowing, you'll get just one bite. One tiny, delicious bite and a few drops from the cup, trusting that our God abides. May you come to see that one for whom we await. It's been said that we make the path by walking it. And so as you leave this space, go out to practice making the world a better place knowing that even as we wait for God's dream to come in fullness here, we are joining in the work of preparing the way. Amen.